When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The thumbs down by Batista. Batista now. Taking out the champion. Batista. With that, welcome in to another episode after a multi-week hiatus here on the Mackie and Judd podcast feed of WrestleMania Rewind. Phil Mackie, Declan Goff, and we are the resident wrestling nerds and fans on this show. And Declan, we have gone Hollywood <laughs> in WrestleMania 21. We're making our way through all the WrestleManias up to like a certain point, and then uh, we'll start mixing in some other pay-per-views too, but... April 3rd, 2005, inside Staples Center in Los Angeles, relatively new Staples Center still at that point, in front of 20,193 fans. And so, Dex, to set the scene here, we have emerged out of the Attitude Era. We have emerged sort of out of the abyss of, like, you had this mix of, like, WCW stars coming in, and, and then they tried to make the integration of those stars a thing, but it just didn't really click the way that they wanted it to. And that kind of gave way to Brock Lesnar becoming a star and Brock Lesnar, John Cena, Batista, Randy Orton, all these guys that worked out together in OVW uh, at various stages between like 2002 and 2005 are being given these chances. And this WrestleMania is known for a lot of things, including being the first ever Money in the Bank ladder match and one of the greatest Shawn Michaels matches of all time against Kurt Angle. Mm -hmm. But it's also known, I think, as the official coronation of a new era of top stars in the company, John Cena and Dave Batista, and and other things that happened. Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero was a good match, but like just totally buried on the list of things that happened here. So before we go through some of the matches and some of the moments, like what's your sort of headline takeaway from WrestleMania Goes Hollywood? It's the greatest WrestleMania of all time. Wow. That is my takeaway. Wow. It is my favorite WrestleMania 
of all time. Wow. This was the first one I ever watched live. Mm-hmm. So I went over to a buddy's house. And I remember watching this, and I think I had the next Monday off of school, too. So we watched it live. It was the first time we did pay-per-view, and it is everything you want a WrestleMania to be. It has two faces that get over, and John Cena and Batista and, and Crowny had the new age of wrestling. It's an excellent, excellently paced WrestleMania. You go from Ray and Eddie Guerrero, like a great little starter match, and then it transitions right into the money and bank to Undertaker versus Orton. Mm. You have two money interproportional matches there, too, between Orton and Undertaker and obviously Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle, mm. which is also one of the best matches of all time. I really don't think it's close that it is like the best WrestleMania of all time. I have to process this take for a second. It's a it's a it's an amazing WrestleMania, and I I don't know if I can disagree with you. I will admit this is the first time I've ever watched this WrestleMania. Okay, so this is the end of my four year hiatus. Between yeah. <laughs> I took some time off, and then I got back in in sort of the summer of two thousand five. I jumped right right in like back in after SummerSlam, I think of two thousand five, and. Started playing like PlayStation Two, oh, WWE, yeah. Raw games and yep. stuff. But if you're looking for like all the boxes that you need to check for a great WrestleMania, I think just like great iconic matches is number one. Like, are there matches that really stand out and moments when you think to, back to all the WrestleManias combined, like almost forty of them, thirty six of them at this point? You know, what are the things that really grab you? Like Hogan slamming Andre and the Warrior versus Hogan and Stone Cold WrestleMania fourteen, Stone Cold thirteen, Blood Rain Down. This one has multiple. Yes. That you think back to. It's got the John Cena in the crowd moment, yep. right? Where he, where he basically like crowd surfs and like squashes those two poor Asian women <laughs> in the front row. Uh, they were just like, oh my God, what's happening? Uh, I think Dave Batista with the, I think it was the confetti coming down or whatever, and he's on the top rope and the music's playing. This was, this was when they had sort of the low key Dave Batista music and they didn't do the machine gun pyro. Yeah. They really amped up his entrance music yes, once he did. became the title holder. And then I think you also had, you know, the, the, in terms of memorable things, the first ever Money in the Bank ladder match. Right. And that doesn't even include one of the great Shawn Michaels matches of all time. I know. So you might be onto something here. I'm trying to think of what other WrestleManias up to this point. Like, the, the, the four or five leading up to this are all amazing. Like, yeah. basically everything from, like, WrestleMania 13 going on are just great WrestleManias. Yes. I think you might be right. I think you might be right. But we'll get to our official <laughs> rankings at the end of this. So, um, let's start with just a quick rundown of the card here. You had, in a dark match, you actually had Booker T against, uh, I'm sorry, Booker T won the 30-man interpromotional battle royal, which was not on the WWE Network feed of the show, but Chris Masters was second in that. <laughs> and I always loved his master lock, oh, yeah. which is just a full Nelson. But uh, Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero. Rey Mysterio wins that match. You had, in, a, in the Money in the Bank ladder match, you had Edge coming out victorious over just a ridiculously stacked group of... You had Chris Benoit, who had just main evented in one WrestleMania the year before. You had Chris Jericho, who is the brainchild behind mm-hmm. this. You had Christian with Tyson Tomko. I forgot about Tyson Tomko. <laughs> Kane, and then one of the most underrated performers in yes, WWE dude. history. He couldn't talk on a mic to save his life, but Shelton Benjamin. He's one of us, damn it. He's a gopher. He was the star of this match. Yes. Like he was the star of this match. The T bone suplex off the ladder, like him running up and clotheslining people off. He was the star of this match. I'm glad that he came back too. Like yeah. he's probably like forty years old now or yeah. something, but I'm glad that he came back. You had Undertaker defeating the legend killer, Randy Orton. You had Trish Stratus beating Christy Hemi in the women's championship match. Kurt Angle in a thirty minute match almost oh. 
with an amazing submission sequence at the end over Shawn yeah, Michaels dude. we'll get to. You had a Big Show losing to Aki Bono in a sumo match, That's, which was something. We just don't talk about this. That didn't happen that for was, the minute. That, that didn't happen. Something that happened? Yeah. John Cena over <laughs> JBL for the WWE Championship, and then Batista over Triple H for the World Heavyweight Championship. Okay, let's start with and Piper and Piper's pit oh, with Stone Cold too. That's which right. Was also like don't like usually they always throw in those little goofy little TV shows right. in the middle of it, but that was also pretty damn good. Yeah, and then you also had uh, you had the Piper's pit, and then you also had Eugene coming out. Yeah, with Hogan. and Hogan coming out to make the save. Pretty big so you pop. had some iconic things going on there. So even like the side things involved Stone yes, Cold and dude. Hogan getting over. So all right, let's start with the Money in the Bank ladder match and work our way to the other okay. stuff here. What were your overall thoughts on this and how they pulled it off in the in the first ever? I thought it was pretty. It was a pretty cool idea because you never had had like this on paper number one. Like usually you do the number one contender. You have a tournament or you have a a a, a, a like snake GM who's always trying to get the bad guy over and wants and is always like conniving against the face of the champion. Yeah, and it's immediate. Like yeah. it happens and, and and then like and then they go and fight right away for the championship yep. in the next couple of weeks. And there's something. usually like a rematch if they're not victorious. And this one was just like, no, we're going to give you, we're going to put guys in a ladder match and a lot of veterans in ladder matches and edge Christian, even Chris Jericho. And then you throw in like random dudes like Chris Benoit, who isn't known for being a ladder match, but is like an obvious, well, we know Chris Benoit's history. I won't go any more further. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kane, who is always a great sell and is, is just going to choke slam people to hell and is a fan favorite. Shelton Benjamin, this is like almost like a coming out party for him. Like he was in the world's greatest tag team. And then this, like this run in 05, I believe, he wins the Intercontinental title shortly after WrestleMania, holds it for like nine months. Mm-hmm. So like that propels his career. And then Edge, who basically had uh, was like the perfect mold of you broke out a tag team. He becomes an, becomes an established single star. Like he wins a couple Intercontinental titles. He breaks the mold of like, oh, I don't need Christian. It's obvious that Edge propelled over Christian over the, their runs in WWE, yep. even with Christian getting some pop. And, you know, he had a World Heavyweight Championship run too. But Edge finally establishing himself, and he turned complete a bad guy. I mean, he was, for the majority of his run, even after Edge and Christian, he was a face. He's a fan favorite. Yep. But this, he completely re-identifies his character. This is, so he wins this match, and then this this sort of launches the Rated R Superstar era, yep. right? Yes. And and I I actually went and watched. It was, it was early 2006. I think it was after the Elimination Chamber, where if he, I'm not. Where he cashes in. He cashed in, and he was with Lita by that point. Because if you remember, between when he wins the Money in the Bank case, and then like... You know, nine months later, when he cashes in at the beginning of the next year, in between that, he had the the like the real life feud with Matt Hardy. Yeah, and if you guys have it, I can't, I think it was SummerSlam. I can't remember if it was SummerSlam. They fought like two or three times. Yeah, I think at Unforgiven and SummerSlam. Yeah, but they had the one in particular where they stopped the match legit because Edge beat the crap out of Matt Hardy. Like yeah. they were using legit fists and kicks and. In real life, we're feuding over Lita because Lita cheated on Matt Hardy with Edge. Yeah, he legitimately got fired. They fired Matt Hardy, and then because of the crowd reaction and like the fans, and this was like in the beginning of blogs, right? Yep. It was. I think it was the story was there's forums of people like were just like hounding W, like how the hell can you fire him? Like legitimately fire him, and now you have this feud. And I think even like he comes back at Raw when he was already fired. Like he attacks him backstage, and they they film it. So that yeah, that starts a great feud. And so it was like real life spilling over into storyline and vice versa, and they had that feud going on. But all throughout that, Edge is building up this real legitimate heat, and people are legitimately not only like mad at him in character, but like think he's an ass in real life, which he which he was, he was at the yeah, time. I think was. he's 
Now he's with Beth Phoenix for the last yeah. 10 years or whatever. But, uh, but he comes out of that, and, and he's just this ultimate bad guy. He's the rated R superstar. He cashes in in ultimate like chicken bleep fashion. When yep. John Cena's a bloody mess, he cashes in the money in the bank in early 2006. And the next night on Raw... Him and Lita promised a live sex show yeah. on USA Network. Well, I remember watching it. Live. <laughs> like what? Yeah. And they had like a bed in the ring and stuff. And wasn't it like it is? I think it still is the the largest watched Raw episode of all time. I th- I think is it, it is. I think it is. I thought the uh, This Is Your Life. I thought the the Rock and Mankind This Is Your Life segment was that might be. I, you know what? Ago. I think it was. It's the largest uh, episode of Raw that for an audience after the Attitude Era. Okay. Yes, yeah, I, I think people had like are just seven million. People are perverts. They just want to see yeah, Lita. They, yeah, they were, including me. So, yeah. yeah <laughs> who who are we? Kidding? I, I was twelve. Okay, Give me, I get somewhat of a pass at age twelve for that. I get somewhat of a pass at twenty-seven. Uh, it would have like, been a little weird. I was twenty. Yeah, and, <laughs> and you were checked in on it too. Yep. So I think I think like that whole era was just it was edges it was edges coming out party in a different way than it was it was John Cena and Batista's like official you are the champions of the company mm-hmm. coming out party but it was edges coming out party and that it was kind of the we see you there too buddy yeah. and we're going to give you this rub for sure and the company was officially from that point forward it was Edge John Cena Batista and and Randy Orton too was still yeah. was still with it oh yeah what if okay if you could uh, could run the company, would you have the money in the bank? A, a would you still have it? Yeah. It still exists. So would you would you have kept it around for you know however fifteen years? Would it still be part of WrestleMania or would you have created a separate pay per view like they did? It's tough because I, I think it it's a cool idea to do the um money in the bank pay per view and now that because the women's division has propelled basically over the men's division, like it's it's good to have two of them that you have a men's and a women's one. But I think the lore of the WrestleMania of it is what was like what built it. So it, and it adds to the WrestleManias for like the next seven years of and there's iconic ones where Seth Rollins cashes in the night of. Um, you know, right. I think uh, there's been ones where you know they cash in the next night on Raw, and then I think only like one like Dolph Ziggler and only like one other person. Like if you cash in money in the bank, like there's it's like a ninety five percent success rate that you're, you're going to be the champion. So I think it it's it'd be cooler if it was still at WrestleMania if it was just a WrestleMania thing. But I'm not shocked at all that like WWE brass looked at it and said we got to make the, its own identity here and and build so build yeah. something on it from there. It's such a big brand you don't really like WrestleMania doesn't need it. It definitely yeah, helps it, WrestleMania. Yeah, you're right that it doesn't need it. WrestleMania is just sort of its own great standalone thing, and Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank needed WrestleMania to validate it, but I think it graduated beyond that for sure. So I, I do like that it has become its own standalone thing. And I would argue, like, it's probably the second – SummerSlam is pretty big. It's probably, like, the third biggest wrestling or pay-per-view-related brand. I would put it above even, like, Hell in a Cell, especially because yeah. it's kind of a – it's like a PG-rated version of wrestling now. And so yeah. I, the reason I don't really like Hell in a Cell and it's not really believable as much anymore is because you can't put two guys inside Hell in a Cell and expect there to be no blood. It's, yeah. just, it's just weird. It's true. So I, I almost think Money in the Bank has become, like, one of their top three branded – pay-per-view yeah. or or like match related things it's probably as surpassed even like survivor series like survivor series i think has kind of lost some luster like what yeah. it used to be where it used to be you know the fun elimination matches but i would say and i would even say it's probably surpassed SummerSlam. like SummerSlam is, is built as their essentially diet wrestlemania of the summer but i would say mania and royal rumble are obviously the yeah, number rumble one two. and two yeah so like those That's are right. one and two but yeah. money in the bank has like given some awesome moments last year bailey when she won it she cashed in the night of so there, there's a lot of 
there's a lot of lore with money in the bank. And kudos, again, Chris Jericho, like reinventing himself and reinventing a company, dude. Like yep. that's an awesome factoid of, of his career. Dude, I uh, I also love you brought the Seth Rollins thing up. God, that's like top five most I've ever popped watching wrestling. It's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's doing it tonight. He's doing it tonight. This is great. They're going to screw Roman because the fans hate him. So if you were the Money in the Bank winner, yeah. what type of Money in the Bank champion would you be? Would you be the guy who waits until his opponent is incapacitated like Edge did when John Cena was a bloody mess yeah. and he comes down all ready to rock? Or would, you, or would you be the guy that wants to do it fair, fair and square, straight up, I'm going to challenge you man to man? I feel like I would like to do it. At, like do it more like an edge style and probably like after a TLC match like it gotta be something just insane like this these two dudes have just been put themselves through hell I'm just gonna walk in and pin you and literally gonna walk in and pin. and even when Edge beats Cena for the title it takes two spirits because that's another elimination chamber like that was a 2005 was like probably my favorite year of wrestling so this whole pretty great. Th- this set off just a, a great fan of me and like it's the, my peak interest of wrestling was 05 and I remember we did WrestleMania we did New Year's resolution for my best friend's birthday too. And then I believe we did Armageddon, uh, which was a month before our, um, New Year's resolution. December, so right? I did like three. I don't know how. Like uh, my my parents only bought one of the pay per views, but like I was involved in like four pay per views, and those were like what seventy dollars back in the day. Like those weren't cheap. Like those yeah. were in uh, a, a commitment. Uh, but it took two spears to take out Cena, even, and we were like, oh my god, he's not even going to win. Edge is going to like the ultimate opportunist is going to like get screwed or something. Like Cena's going to roll him up. But it, it was it was interesting that it was just also a transitional championship year for Edge. Like he he lost it three weeks later at Royal Rumble. That's right. Cena goes back in the twenty two as the champ, and then and then Cena and Edge's real feud pops off by like the summer of 06 and into the next year. Yep. Uh, Michael's angle. You had two of the all time greats here, yeah. and and this was. I look at Shawn Michaels' career as it's a it's a three part act. Act one was. I guess you could say a four-part act if you want to include his AWA days, but like his time with the WWF and WWE, act one was the Rockers. Mm -hmm. So a high-flying, energy, fan-favorite tag team. Act two was his solo or singles career from the moment he kicked Marty Jannetty (laughs) and and sent his head through the glass of the barbershop all the way through WrestleMania 14, and maybe even a little bit beyond that, like he, he was kind of the commissioner, like, that was Act Two, which was a brilliant act in its own right. He was a champion. He led the company. He had a bunch of personal issues, but he was a great performer. I think Shawn Michaels' third act, which is the minute he comes back as a performer in 2002 and goes through the three matches with Triple H, starting at SummerSlam with the Street Fight, yep, and then the three stages of Hell match, and I think it was a Hell in a Cell, whatever. Um, I think the third act for him is the best act, even though he wasn't the champion nearly as often. Yeah. Some of the matches he put up, starting with those Triple H matches and then the Jericho match at WrestleMania, and I might be missing one in there somewhere, but this match with Kurt Angle, this is the first time I've ever seen this match straight through, mm-hmm. which is egregious as a longtime wrestling yeah, wow. fan. I'm shocked. And then you go into, he eventually gets the back-to-backs with The Undertaker. He retires Ric Flair. He has the John Cena match before all of this for the championship. He was just peak Shawn Michaels performer in every WrestleMania going forward here. And um, I thought this match, for the first time having watched it, like the buildup of it, the biggest difference between these two guys, and Kurt Angle, by the way, like he's an all-time great performer. Yeah. And, and not only a performer in the ring and what he could do, but just like psychology and promos and just everything about him. He's kind of a psycho, too. He'll just yeah. like, he he'll nuts. do anything. 
and you're not quite sure if he's like, you know, missing a screw or not. But the biggest difference, not to sound like old man Mackey here, the biggest difference between these two guys and guys like them in that era, yes, they can do anything in the ring. And Shawn Michaels is a high flyer, and he can do. They can, they, both these guys can do moon salts and mm-hmm. like jump off the top rope. So they're amazing workers, but they put almost more emphasis on storytelling and what's making sense and not in the ring. And like everything they did in the last five minutes with the ankle lock and Shawn Michaels just desperately, wildly trying to get out of it to like teasing a tap out a couple times. And eventually he's just like borderline unconscious and finally has to tap like the whole thing in the emotion and everything was a perfect story. So it does hold up as one of the great matches of all time. Was that botch count by the referee? Yeah, because it was there? basically a three count. Like obviously he was supposed to kick out. Like was, I that happened in the last WrestleMania yeah, too. Like it was an obvious like oh, cra- and like you can tell that Jr. and King were like, what what was it? Was it three? Like because yeah. and the, you could even tell. Like I think they're genuinely confused. Like oh crap, was it three? Um, yes, it is an unbelievable match. And yeah, him desperately trying to get out of the ankle lock. And as a as a humongous Shawn Michaels fan like yourself too like I bought the book I can't remember what book it was called like an 05 uh, but he had, like Shawn Michaels came out with his autobiography and in the book he talks about that and this might be in our notes from McGivern I'm not sure if we got him but uh, Mike I didn't send him this week we'll get him next but week. but there's a fact that this match so it's 27 27 it's almost a half hour it went on about 10 15 minutes longer than it was supposed to be so that's why the Cena and JBL match was cut so short so wh- why did he say I've never read his autobiography why, so why did it go on they he- just the pop of the crowd was insane, and they kept improvising, and it just they they were feeling out the crowd. Yeah, and also like there was a long, you know, Michaels wins, and then he gets like an ovation afterwards. So like there was a this like, angle wins, yeah, angle wins. Excuse me, and then Michaels is you know gets out of the ring all hobbled from the ankle lock, but like gets a round of applause from this amazing pop of the crowd, and like everyone backstage was like waiting for them, like holy, like that was it, like and and that that is the only. Maybe small dilute you can make about WrestleMania 21 that, yes, Cena and Batista get over, but those matches as a whole, kind of average. Like, kind of yes, average. Not, I agree with not that. iconic matches. It, yep. The moments were iconic. The matches themselves were average. Crazy. It amazing. is it is an amazing match. I think it's I think it is my favorite of Shawn Michaels. And there are a lot of others you can put on the list. I think this one's my yeah. all time favorite of Shawn Michaels. I really, really love the Iron Man match. The Iron Man match, I mean it dragged a little just because it's sixty it's an minutes hour. in overtime. Yeah. That was amazing. I wish Stone Cold was fully healthy and Shawn Michaels was fully healthy for their 
because people talk about that WrestleMania 14 match, and it's like all the blame kind of goes on Shawn Michaels' back was a train wreck, and it was, and he couldn't do even a third of the things in the ring that he would normally be able to do Mm -hmm. or go as long. Well, Stone Cold broke his neck nine months beforehand. So he wasn't operating at full peak Stone Cold really ever at any point you know, after that. So I would be curious if those two went at it and got 30 minutes like these two did in mm-hmm. their prime, what that would look like. But yeah, like this is I, I still think the first match with The Undertaker is the single greatest match in the yeah. history of wrestling. Yeah. But this is like right up there, man. It's, it's, it's a freaking clinic. It's really good. But yeah, the match went so long and was so great. It, it, I wouldn't say it took away the rest of the pop of WrestleMania, but it is the highlight of the WrestleMania. This yep. match is the highlight of WrestleMania 21. I think they, was it after this match then that they did this whole thing? I got a lot of respect for you sticking up for Vince McMahon against him, for him, down on him. You be the man. Try to keep up with me. <laughs> but on one point, I beg to differ. Well, if you'd shut up and listen, I'll tell you. What point would that be? You don't understand him either? That's a yes. That would be this part, sir. I was here when WrestleMania didn't have a number. I was pissing Vince McMahon off when the red on the back of your neck was diaper rash, buddy. <laughs> Just like two awesome icons here. And, Piper and Stone Cold. And he's right. Like Piper does. Like Piper was basically Stone Cold persona. Yeah. 20 years prior, like 15 years prior. Yeah, like the, that. But the bad guy that turned into a good guy because people just loved how good oh. he was at being a bad guy. And and they both just played off the crowd the what so well. It, it, it's it's at, That's also a really good highlight of this WrestleMania. All right, what about, uh, I'll, g- I'll give you the floor on this one. I remember watching that live and was absolutely convinced that was the streak right there. I was convinced that. I remember being shocked, the head, like hands on my head, waiting for him to cover him. Like that's it. Like he actually did it. Like he's the legend killer. He's. They've been trying to build him up. I remember being absolutely convinced the streak was going to end right yeah. then and there. Okay, in retrospect, would that have been a better place to end the streak, or did the the streak carried so much great weight going into those Michaels matches and Triple mm-hmm. H? So like obviously. If The Undertaker isn't undefeated at WrestleMania, the Michaels match doesn't carry as much. Mm-hmm. And the Triple H, like, so it it made those matches. But in terms of who they have, or, or a better question would have been, like, if, if you're not going to use it to put over a young star like Randy Orton in that spot, was using it to put over Brock Lesnar? Like, I don't think that was yeah. a good idea. And it, I don't even know if that was, quite frankly, supposed to happen. Right. I don't think it was either. I think it's, it, when he loses to Brock, yeah, it was just a shock. And you learned back that he was concussed. So was there something happening in the background of that match that just decided, like, oh, like, we have to make him lose here? Because I, I remember that was the first Mania I had probably watched in, like, eight or nine Manias. Because WWE Network had just watched. I, I bought the month trial. I was wrapping up, like, junior year of college. And it was spring break, and I was the only one still at, you know, on campus in my house. So I was like, you know what? I don't know anything about WrestleMania. I don't know anything that's going on with wrestling right now. I haven't watched in basically like 10 years. But 
Let's turn this on. It's Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar. I do know who the hell they are. This should be pretty good. Who's this Daniel Bryan guy? I have no idea. But I remember being, again, absolutely shocked, like standing up in my house alone in the middle of St. Cloud on spring break, just being like, are you kidding me? Like, this is how (laughs) this is how it ends Um, and being super upset. Looking back on it, like, yeah, it would have been cooler if they got someone younger over. I'm glad. And, you know, when they did it again with Roman, like, again, like, it didn't have the same luster to yeah, it. No. Like, it was just botched. It was, it was horrible. The Roman thing, like, Roman wasn't the guy. Yeah. And Taker talks about, too, in the last ride, Doc, like, he, his stick is always about getting young people over. Guys like Randy Orton in that WrestleMania moment. The Jeff Hardy ladder match a couple years prior, which is one of the more iconic Raw, Raw episodes ever, too. Like, that's what this business is about. Like, getting the legends to get over to the next step. So it definitely would have been cooler, like, yeah, like, let's say in 2013 or 14, when I know when Taker loses to Lesnar, if it was, you know, if it was Daniel Bryan, if it was Seth Rollins, and they were still trying to get them over, it would have been probably a little cooler. But I I really was convinced that when Randy lands the RKO, I was like, holy crap, that's it. Yeah. RKO out of nowhere, man. Um, all right, other coronations here. The coronation of John Cena over JBL. Obviously not the most iconic match, just because, like, no. They're following one of the greatest matches of all time, but um, yeah, this was this was John Cena going over and elevating from United States Champion, which he was the prior year, to being sort of the man in the company. Eventually, jumped ship to Raw in the draft, like a month or two after this. But what are your thoughts here on this being the starting of the John Cena era that really lasted for like 14 years? As an 11, 12 year old who had just gotten back into wrestling like nine months prior. Um, before this WrestleMania, I, I mean, JBL was such a hateful. He played that role so GD well, and I know he loved this. He was a wrestling god, and I'm the self-proclaimed greatest SmackDown champion of all time, and I think he is. I think looking back on it during the, like these Raw and SmackDown splits from you know like 2002 and to like 2012, this run of JBL as like a champ for ten months, yeah, like he was almost champ for a whole calendar year. He played it so flipping well and he was so hateful I couldn't stand him yeah. so I was jacked when John Cena wins the title and then he's, he he gets over but looking back on it like 15 years later and again watching it I probably have seen this many like two or three times too but he really was the best Smackdown champion like think of all time like he just played it so well he, and he beat everyone he beat Undertaker he beat Eddie Guerrero Booker T yep. Big Show like ev- you lined up all these guys that like you always were convinced okay he'll finally lose he'll finally lose the fa- there's a great the Survivor Series of 04 that fatal four way it's like one of my favorite matches it's JBL Eddie Guerrero Undertaker and Booker T and Heidenreich interfuses the last second Heidenreich yeah and starts a new feud with Undertaker but I remember that fatal four way thinking like there's no way in hell that JBL will walk back out as the champion, and he's still champ for like six more months after that. Like, I think he is one of the most underrated, great heel characters oh. in wrestling history. And I, I remember hating him in the moment because it was, and, and some of it was just like he kept getting shoved down our throats. And yeah. his, his run definitely, his definitely, his run was a good run. Like, let's put it that way. Um, but I, I just think like his mic work, oh. his despicability. Yes. And even just like some of his ring work was pretty damn good too. And the, the clothesline from hell is a great finisher. Yes. Just load up on a massive clothesline. I love the way that they ended this match where John Cena ducks the clothesline from hell and, and goes with what used to be called the FU. So it was it was good. I'm I've never been a huge John Cena guy. Right. I think I just think like his character was still wearing jorts twelve years later. It's like <laughs> there's no evolution. Like Shawn Michaels clearly evolved as a human, as a character, as everything. 
And Stone Cold Steve Austin wasn't really around long enough to evolve. He was just like the same guy for five years, and then he was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I just it just felt like, and maybe part of it was just because John Cena was so great at what he like. He just shows up every Monday night for fifteen years. Like yeah. that was him. And so part of it might have just been John Cena fatigue, and they didn't really know what to do with his character after a certain point, and they didn't really build up enough stars. Once you got to, like, 2012, 13, 14, it was like they had to bring Brock Lesnar back to even, like, have someone that could compete with John Mm -hmm. Cena. So that was my only thing is, like, it was a great era, but I don't put it on the same level. I mean, he's like... John Cena's like the Hall of Fame baseball player that was really, really good for 15 or 20 years, but didn't have like that peak moment. He wasn't Stone Cold at his peak. He wasn't The Rock at his peak. He wasn't Shawn Michaels at his peak. He was just damn good and reliable for like 15 years. Yeah, and I feel like just the run here between like 04 and I don't know, I'll probably even say like the 2008 because when Cena comes back at the Royal Rumble, he kind of has a little bit of resurgence. Like everything is solid in WWE. It's it's not at the peak of it was in the Attitude Era, but it was certainly better than it is right now. Like yep. they had they had like really good just depth around. Like you didn't have the the superstar like you did with The Rock and Stone Cold, where it was like you had top dogs the top card all the time. You just had really good depth mm-hmm. across all your brands. Yep. And then the last match, the official main event. I'm gonna play this one more time. The thumbs down by Batista. say the intro package for this match is one of the best most like mm-hmm. like blood pumping promos I've ever seen where they show the beginning of evolution all the way through Batista winning the Royal Rumble evolution was a was a faction for two years basically some injuries in there too and then they juxtapose both guys promos leading up to WrestleMania and it's a student versus pupil matchup here yeah yeah and I just want to read this is from Wikipedia's summation of the lead-up to this match, and it'll give you some some memories here if you're a wrestling fan from that era. The official disbanding of Evolution in early 2005. <laughs> so at New Year's Resolution, second week in January, Triple H wins the Elimination Chamber match to win the vacant World Heavyweight Championship by last eliminating Randy Orton following outside interference from Batista and Ric Flair. Three weeks later at the Royal Rumble, Triple H successfully defends the title against Orton, while Batista won the 2005 Royal Rumble match, earning the right to compete against whichever champion, Raw or SmackDown, he wants to. And so they have this kind of back and forth where Triple H is trying to usher him toward, yeah, go fight John Bradshaw Layfield. Yeah, definitely go go to SmackDown. And uh, Triple H concocted a scheme to have Batista run over by a limousine resembling the one used by Layfield. Right. Initially, Batista did not want help from Evolution and wanted to confront JBL by himself. Triple H insisted that Evolution accompany Batista anyway, saving him from the oncoming limousine. Batista became aware of the plot while eavesdropping on his fellow Evolution members and signed a contract guaranteeing him a match with Triple H at WrestleMania. And the best part about it was they called back to the Randy Orton moment where Randy Orton's celebrating his title and they're giving him the thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs down, boom, and they turn on Orton. And Batista's signing the contract and gives the thumbs up and Flair and Triple H, yeah, thumbs up, thumbs up. Thumbs oh, down, God. signs it, kicks their asses, and this leads to 
the the blow off feud at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And it was a decent match for two big guys. Yeah, uh, Triple H is great in the ring. Batista, I think, probably reached his max capabilities with the right performers. Yes, but um, it was a good run for Batista. He eventually became a guy that like Vince kind of shoved him down people's throats for probably a year or two too long, mm-hmm. and there weren't that there wasn't that like rock or Stone Cold level to his character. So he became kind of stale and was mostly a bad guy throughout his run. But but this was a great night. Yeah, it was. And it it got the two dudes over, like even in the Royal Rumble, I think leading up to that, you kind of knew, at least even I remember going into that as like a 12 year old, like I figured like John Cena, Edge, and probably Batista are going to be like your final three in that Rumble match. Like it, it just kind of felt like those are the three guys who haven't been over yet and you would like to see the company probably propel them up. So I, I knew going into that, like those are probably the three dudes that will be that'll be one of the winners of the Royal Rumble. And to be honest, I don't remember if Edge was even in the Royal Rumble match. I assume he was, but you know, there's the iconic ending to that Royal Rumble where both feet leave uh, leave the floor at the same time. Vince tears both of his quads That's getting into right. the ring, which is which is also another hilarious thing. That's so right. they had to restart the Rumble. Uh, obviously, Batista wins it. But then you even knew, like, well, Cena's still going to be the SmackDown guy. That's, that's going to be obvious. So it was awesome that they basically fed this. They, like, they were teasing it for a while. They knew that Batista and Triple H, there was bad blood. It started at New Year's Resolution. So you kind of knew, like, uh, this is going to end with these two fighting each other at WrestleMania. And, yeah, the, the match is, is good. It's not great. But it's an iconic moment where two dudes who were the next face of the con- uh, company for essentially the next three years got their shining moment. Yep. So let's get to our definitive mania rankings here. We just rank on a 1 to 10 stunner scale. And to this point, the last three, I'm sorry, the last four WrestleManias have been the four best that we have reviewed and given a score to. In order, WrestleMania 20, 19, 18, and 17. So they just keep getting better. Yeah. And they're great. This is a great era for WrestleManias. WrestleMania 14, 10, 13, and 15, followed by WrestleMania 6, round out our top 10. You might wonder, what about WrestleMania 3? Uh, it's fine. Yeah, it's an iconic it, moment, it, it's, but it's, it's it's maybe it's just a little bit too old school for us. Yeah, it's an iconic moment. A lot of dud matches. Yes, I mean, come on. You compare WrestleMania three to WrestleMania twenty one. Can't do it. Not close. Uh, it's yeah. So out of ten, how many would you give it? It's an eleven. Like it's 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 you know it's ten out of ten. This is this is my favorite WrestleMania of all time. Obviously, I have a little bit of bias because I remember watching it live as a twelve year old, but. Everything about it is is perfect. Like I said at the beginning, where you have two guys who get over, you have a in, you have a new match in in the Money in the Bank. Both Raw and SmackDown rosters were basically defined here. So like you, you after three years of brand split, th- this is like at its peak of what it should be. Then they change it up after WrestleMania, obviously, and go in the draft. But the pace is great. The interpromotional matches are great. You get two faces get over. I just like I don't understand how anyone. I I don't think it's a hot take. It is the best WrestleMania. From from start to finish, I really do. All right, drum roll. I give it a ten too. Yes, dude. yes, it is. You've talked me into it. I mean, I wasn't really thinking along those lines when we started the show, but you've talked me into it. This is a ridiculously good WrestleMania. <laughs> when the when like the bottom three matches include Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, I mean, and when Undertaker Randy Orton isn't even one of the four most noteworthy things that happened on that card. I know. That's pretty amazing. And like, yeah, Ray and Ray and uh, Eddie, Eddie Guerrero were tag team champions. Like, that's never happened before. You had the tag yeah. team champions fighting against one another. So, just like the innovation in this WrestleMania, like, I don't think it's close. I really don't think it's close. Who remind me the name of the guy that Hulk Hogan came out and and beat up? Was it Muhammad Hassan? Yes. Yes, Muhammad Hassan. Okay. And- one other thought. So when he has Eugene in the camel clutch, yeah, 
and he does the and this is like right like this is four years after nine eleven like this yeah. is right like the WWE is trying to shove the you know anyone Middle Eastern that looks potentially yeah. terrifying God. let's make him into a villain and he does the throat slash gesture across that made me like. 2020 uncomfortable, like, oh, my God, you can't do that. <laughs> no, not at all. Oh, but you totally could in 2005. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, all right, that's the best WrestleMania that we've reviewed to this point. Maybe the best WrestleMania ever. And that's a wrap on this episode of WrestleMania Rewind. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.